Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. You can find us at babyboomertales.com. Once you've arrived, there are links to many places you can hear our podcasts, including YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcasts, and more. If you click our Boomers General Store, there are Baby Boomer t-shirts and mugs, and yes, even grandchildren t-shirts. It's a great way to show that you're a grandma, and by golly, you're proud of it, or a grandpa. When I was a little boy, we lived in the San Diego area, actually El Cajon, California, which was a suburb of San Diego. I've not been back there for many, many years. But one thing I really remember about living there is every Sunday my mom would take me to Sunday school. And I remember coming out of Sunday school and there's a long, long ramp, very long, like 100 feet one way and you turn and you go 100 feet another way. And I remember I used to, towards the end of the ramp, I used to jump off of it. I'd always carry this little bitty three-room notebook that they give you a little Bible page that was all color with pictures of Jesus and showing how to be a good little boy in the family and all that stuff. And you collect them and every week you get a new one. Well, I have that. I must have nabbed it once my parents passed away. I was looking at it preparing for today's podcast and... They started in 1953, so I was three years old when I started collecting these, and it went until January of 1955. My birthday is in May, so I was pushing five. I was four years old, and I know we moved from California back to my hometown in Colorado in time for my dad to build the basement of our house and us to move in and him open his store and all this stuff before I started school in September. So we must have moved right after I got the last one of these in January. We must have moved back to the mountains in Colorado. And all I had to show for my time there was my little brother. They had him while they lived in California. And this little black Bible story notebook. I also remember one time... My dad must have picked me up from Sunday school. I think it was always my mother doing that, but he must have picked me up and he took me to the dump. We had to make a dump run, apparently. And I remember this because there was fire everywhere. They were burning the dump. That's what they did back then. They burnt that dump so that it wouldn't keep building up like landfills today. And it was just an eerie thing. And I was kind of all dressed up, you know. I went to church. And here I am, and I wanted to play in the dump, of course, and just the fire everywhere. I'll never forget that. I don't know when they stopped burning landfills or burning the dump and creating landfills. It must have probably been in the 60s, the later 60s, possibly the early 70s. And the days of the dump burning, a constant fire, were over. Now for the top 10, 55 years ago, that is the top 10 pop songs this week in 1967. Number 10, Baby I Need Your Lovin' by Johnny Rivers. 
Number nine by the Blues Magoos. We ain't got nothing yet. Number eight, then you can tell me goodbye. The casinos. Number seven, give me some lovin'. The Spencer Davis Group. Number six, the beat goes on. Sonny and Cher. Number five, Georgie Girl, The Seekers. Number four, I'm a believer, The Monkees. Number three by the Rolling Stones, Ruby Tuesday. Number two, Love is Here and Now You're Gone, The Supremes. And the number one song this week in 1967, Kind of a Drag by the Buckinghams. In my little hometown, up there in north central Colorado mountains, 8,000 feet above sea level, on the west side of the Continental Divide, cars to drive up and down Main Street, make a U.E. on one end of town, drive back down Main, make a U.E. on the other end of town. Main Street's name was Agate Avenue, but everybody referred to it as Main Street. That was the main business district. There were also houses there from kind of a throwback from the old days. So if you were in a car or a pickup truck, you drive up and you drive down and you're driving back up Main Street and you make a U-turn there where the car's coming in from the east up over the viaduct and turning into town. Also, there's a road coming up from down below where kind of an industrial logging type road Another road met coming from the east, coming west from a ranch outside of town there. And a street that went north and south. And if you turn left, instead of making the U-turn there, a block to the north on the northwest corner of that intersection is Little Log Church. But if you turn right and you go a block to the right, was my grandma and grandpa's house. But at that little church there on the northwest corner of 6th Street was a little log structure, and it was the Presbyterian Church. It is a very small church, all made out of old logs. Memory has it that it had a basement, but I'm looking at an old picture of it. And you walk up to the building, and you go up three steps, and you enter into the church. And I cannot see on the picture at all, the foundation looks like there are no windows. So I'm not sure if there was a basement there or not. Now, it's not unusual that there would be a basement with no windows. There was no egress code or any of that back then. So my mind remembers a basement, and I may have that confused with the log church up in the resort town up to the north of us where the lake is, the same building where my mom and dad and my brothers and my sister and I all got married, that building. No, this church is much smaller in my hometown and the logs were more rustic. And we went to church there. It was a Presbyterian church and there were about four churches in town. There was the Presbyterian church. There was Episcopalian church. 
there is a Assembly of God church, and I believe there may have been a Baptist church. I remember one time on Easter Sunday, there were so many people that went to church that my dad and I stood outside. And there was a bunch of men and boys standing outside while the women and little girls and the little kids went inside. That is my most vivid memory of going to church there. But I know we went to church there because we were members. And about the time I was 12 years old, that church built a new building on the other end of town to the west of there. And it was a nice big church. And they had a big old cross made out of cement outside of it. And it had one of these like circle things. It may be a Presbyterian logo. I'm not really sure. I always thought it looked like a halo hanging on that cross, which maybe that's what it symbolized. I'm not sure. Uh, but the church is all nice and the community really put a lot of sweat equity into it. I remember my mom and my grandma painting and cleaning down there, trying to get it ready to open up. I spent a lot of time in youth groups and we'd go to church there and one thing I always remember about the Presbyterians is the minister wore a robe. I always found that fascinating. Not that I wanted to wear a robe, I did not. But why is he wearing a robe? He looks like a judge. Is he judging me? I'm not sure. I'm not really sure at all. But I spent a lot of time in that building. My teenage years going to youth groups, like I said, and all that stuff. There was a guy that came and spoke to our youth group once, and he represented an organization called VISTA. And for lack of a better description, VISTA was something like the Peace Corps. And he had me convinced I wanted to volunteer for VISTA when I uh, grew up. And of course I didn't. I was on to other things by then. One most memorable event that happened in that building, though, I do believe, besides many funerals like my grandfather's and later after I grew up, my dad's, was one time during one of those 50 below zero days. It only happened several times, less than a handful of times when I was growing up, but this is one time when I remember it and the boiler broke in the heating system there at church. And Archie went down to fix it. I believe he owned a heating and air company or something. And he was a member of the church. And everybody knew Archie and his wife. And that boiler blew up while Archie was working on it and killed him. I'll never forget that. I remember going in probably a month or two later, going into the boiler room. It was all cleaned up and re redone. They fixed it all up. You could have never known. It injured the building, but it killed Archie. And I stood there thinking that this is a strange thing, that I knew the man that died on the spot I was standing. So when I hear of it getting 40 below or whatever up there, which it can do, it did it once this winter, my mind usually goes back to Archie. The man was volunteering his time and talent. He got killed doing it. There are worse ways to go, I'll tell you that right now. When our church moved into the new church building, that little log church sat empty for years. Finally, the Baptists moved in there until they could build a new building of their own. And then, to my knowledge, it sat empty again. 
for years it said empty, standing there on the corner, all forlorn. Nothing's harder on a building or a person to be all alone and started to become run down and in bad repair. And sometime later, I would think it was probably in the 1990s. So we moved out of that church in the 1960s. And so for the better part of that time, for 30 years, it was empty and neglected, except for that time that Charlie and his church at the Baptist occupied it. And Charlie was a great guy. He's the one that married Kim and I. He was a little late for the wedding, left me hanging there in this little room before we walked out. Finally breezes in, kind of all in a huff, it's nicest guy in the world. And he apologized up and down. And what happened is he had gone hunting that morning and he must have bagged something because he was definitely late and he was dirty. <laughs> and he got the job done and it took. Kim and I have been married almost 45 years now. Thank you, Charlie. I do appreciate it. You did a fine job. Anyway, in the 1990s, there's a movement that my Aunt Donna was involved with. Now, I'm not sure how many people were involved with it or if she spearheaded it or what, but I know she was instrumental in this. They moved that old log church and preserved it and moved it to the town park and it now is an historical site, and it is taken care of. And I do believe people get married in that little church now, and it's all part of the city. And thank you, Aunt Donna. That is an amazing thing. We have lost so many structures over the years to time and all kinds of things that happen, and there are very few log structures in that little town. My grandparents' house was a log house, and I remember it being log, but by the time I probably turned five or six or seven years old, they put siding on the outside of it, and that siding is on it today, and you would never know that it was a log structure underneath that siding. I spoke about a log house they put behind my parents' house up on the hill. It's a newer log house, and it looks out of place in town. It would not look out of place out in the hills up on the side of a mountain somewhere because that's what most cabins are around there, are log. Barbara, who used to work at the theater, Dutch and Lefty and Easy Ed's sister, she lived in a log house, and her cousin, I believe it's cousin Catherine, owned a log home right across the street from Barbara. But after that, I cannot really place any log structures in that town as I was growing up. So that little log church has its place in my heart, that's for sure. If not for spending part of my childhood there and seeing it standing on that northwest corner of 6th Street forever and ever, but because my Aunt Donna helped preserve it and give it a lasting home that generations and generations can enjoy as a part and a piece of history of that town. Never forget to be kind. If it's to somebody else or something else, it doesn't matter. Let kindness be the way you are. I'll be back next Wednesday. Peace out.